Hello and welcome to the special edition on Sunday, the 25th of September, um, of my um, wellbeing journey. I thought I'd do an extra podcast because for some reason I suddenly feel the need to explain whether or not I was in a queue or not. So this podcast is called Did I Queue or Not? That is the question. So I suddenly feel the need to explain to the world why I didn't queue. I didn't queue. I didn't queue, I didn't queue, I didn't queue, I didn't queue, I didn't queue. But then I didn't kill anyone either. So that means I'm not a bad person. I just decided not to queue. Should I lose my job over the fact that I didn't queue? Well, I'm good at my job. And the only reason I should lose my job is if I did a bad job. We thought Rishi was doing a bad job. Now the pound has plummeted to a 37-year low and the cost of heating my diesel boat is going to cost me more. The phrase, be careful what you wish for, springs to mind. I'm not happy that my boat uses diesel to heat it. I would like to be able to put in a more environmentally form of heating. But because prices are increasing, I'm probably not going to be able to afford to do that either. Now, there's a lot of talk about queues and funerals, and whether we should have queued to see Queen Elizabeth II lying in state or not. And I certainly don't think someone should lose their job just because they didn't stand in a queue when they actually went and paid their respects. And like so many, that didn't even turn up at all. Now, I travelled down to London and I saw the queue, but I chose to leave some roses at the garden in Green Park instead because this is how I wanted to pay my respects. And the wonderful thing about living in this country is your freedom to be able to do and say as what you want as long as you obey the laws of the land so just because i didn't queue doesn't mean i don't have great respect for queen elizabeth ii i did in fact i was due to drive all the way from ayrshire to balmoral to support a british horse society ride that was going to take place on her estate but unfortunately it was cancelled due to covid this does however seem like a good time for me to reflect on people that i have lost I didn't go to either of my grandparents' funerals either, I am slightly ashamed to say. But circumstances were such it wasn't possible. My granddad, being a lay preacher, gave his body to medical science, so there was no funeral, just a memorial. And he died when I was at university, as did my grandmother. I'm the only grandchild of theirs that they ever got to see going to university, and they were so proud of me for getting there, they wouldn't have wanted me to lose a single day of my studies. I didn't mean that I didn't have great respect for them both. I did, and they were two very kind people who gave a lot of their time to the church and they used to tend the church gardens and also tend people. My grandmother always talked of providing comfort to other people. I just chose to remember them in a different way. After my granddad died, I had a dream about him. I don't dream much and I only ever dreamt about him once. He told me not to lose touch with my family. It must have been an important message. I remember when we lost my uncle Dave to bowel cancer at 55. He was a vegetarian. I didn't smoke, didn't drink much. He was fit and seemingly healthy until he started feeling unwell. And then he was diagnosed with cancer and it was too late. It had always spread to his liver. I travelled down to see him and he died that night. So I didn't get to say goodbye. My cousin, who was like a sister to me, didn't want to go to the hospital at night, so I went with her the next day to say goodbye. The sight of your first dead person is something that you will never forget. The image goes with time, but it does take a very long time. As I saw him lying on the table, he looked like a waxwork dummy, and I could see the life had gone from him. 
At that very moment, I realised that body and spirit were two separate parts. It was the spirit that had left his body, and I wondered where it had gone. His funeral was a few weeks later, and I drove my other cousin down from Cheshire to London for it. Neither is known for being on time. The weather was really awful that day, and it was difficult to drive very quickly. It was in the days before mobile phones and sat-navs, so we were following directions that had been written down for us. We got a bit lost. We kept looking at the clock, starting to panic, realising how late we were. And as we drove into the crematorium, right behind the funeral procession, we knew we were cutting it a little bit close. My aunt got out of the car to see us running around to the boot of our car, grabbing our bags as we weren't even changed. Then we quickly stripped off in the car and put our funeral clothes on in sight of the rest of the funeral party. When we emerged, we expected to be frowned upon, but instead we saw smiles and laughter. As we reached my aunt and apologised, she had a large smile on her face and simply said, Dave would have thought this was hilariously funny. It is funny how something like this can change the mood at a funeral. I attended my uncle's funeral last year in a crematorium in Derby. It was a fairly new building and halfway through the ceremony, the smoke alarm went off. The funeral director looked shocked and said, I'm really sorry, in all the 30 years I've been doing this, it has never happened before. To which we all replied, don't worry, it's our uncle. He was a practical joker. He's getting the last laugh and trying to tell us all that he's here. Sometimes you can get a sixth sense when someone's going to leave us though. I used to buy Christmas every in October every year and I used to get my granddad a box of Turkish delight. He died in the December before Christmas but that year I had known not to get him a present in October and I hadn't bought him one. But he wasn't ill and I didn't know that he wasn't going to be with us for Christmas but something told me that he wasn't. I also remember when my best friend's dad was terminally ill. I woke in the night and I thought of him and his dog who he'd also just lost. And then my mobile phone rang and it was my best friend telling me he'd passed away. I was given the responsibility of doing the music at his funeral. They had had problems with the sound system so we went early to test it but there was no one there. We had to rush back home to get changed and by the time we got back everyone was already in the church so we had no time to retest it. So when the funeral started, I just kept my faith and I pressed play and hoped very much that it would work. And much to my relief, it did. But I've sat at funerals as I sat at his and listened to all the wonderful things being said about people who have already left us. And I don't really understand why we do this. I understand when we tell stories about them, sad and funny, to share our grief. But if we think these people are so remarkable, why don't we tell them this when they're alive? Why do we leave it until they've already left us so they don't know? Because that way, if you tell someone they're alive, they have a chance to hear it. So I made the conscious decision in my life to tell people how wonderful they are and maybe how not so wonderful they are so that they can help to grow when they're alive because that's actually when it matters.